trace But if I look strange and out of place It's cause I'm an alien That's why I write to the pages out of space yeah. From seven mile in no bar To how can I be down All of us trying to pile in a car yeah. We shop at the stars yeah. Cause we only got so much time in this world yeah. So we run into your high school dance Till the night before If you think you promised tomorrow yeah. Now I'm about to fool again As soon as it's luminous The moon is lit a freaking lunatic A human computer chip And I'm soon to stick a broom in the uterus And you're here to Sorry, I'm late. I just don't give a fuck. Hey, yo, 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 yo. You're working with the best known unknown podcast on the internet. It's late to work now. Live with episode 21. Blackjack, motherfucker. 21. KG. Yeah. Shout out to KG. Yeah, man. The OG KG. <laughs> he listens he all the time. Yeah, obviously. What the fuck else is there to do in Minnesota? Salute to my girlfriend's family. It's your boy, as always, Money Mitch, a.k.a. Light Skin Lear, a.k.a. The Mexican Messiah, a.k.a. Daddy Longshark, the motherfucking Clitoris Wrangler, a.k.a. The Light Skin Lord of the Flies, a.k.a. That Dreadhead Nigga in your lobby, aka Mitch Gaines, where you can find me on all your social media platforms. It's Mitch Gaines with a Y on everywhere you want to be. I'm here rocking with my right hand man, the funniest man in Rhode Island. It's only Chris Allen, man, the only one coming through, the only black dude in Rhode Island right now. Yo, I <laughs> drive out here every Mitch, week dude. and it's sketchy, bro. Like you get off the highway and it just looks like everybody's a cop. Yeah, no, it's like it's black. It's like. 15 black people, and then there's but like... But they all live on their street, no bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, you turn Dominicans. Down, the Dominicans no. run this street. That's why nobody yelling at me, because I look Dominican. I'm yeah. sitting over here. Yeah. Ah, I see. This makes sense. <laughs> Dark-skinned poppy right here. Hey. <laughs> Champagne poppy, I'm coming for your ass. Yeah, tell them to get them bricks ready. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we back we live uh, sorry about last week's audio quality we had some technical malfunctions we yeah don't don't judge us by our number 20 for yeah. that. it's the first of the year right? we back exactly. uh, we here with a whole bunch of shit going on this week I could not believe it I felt like over the holidays shit was actually kind of calm for a minute yeah. like Nobody was getting in wild trouble. Everything I was reading in the news was like semi-positive. I kind of like avoided negative shit for a minute. Mm -hmm. I got back to real life and I was like, "Good God, there's a lot of shit in this." There is a lot of shit going on. It was kind of it was it was kind of slow during the holidays. I feel like everything. Well, you know, people was on vacation. People was traveling. People with family. Like uh, the only stories you hear during the holidays are people arguing with their family or like people who like came out while they're home and like had a baby or like showed up to showed up to their family. It was like, "Hey, I'm getting married to this guy." Meet. You know what I mean? That's what you hear around the holidays. Nobody doing real shit then. But now we're back. Now the sky's falling again. Yeah, exactly. You you can't can't go too long in this. I don't. Do you think everything was crazier in the past, and we just hear more shit, and so we're like, oh man, the sky's everything's falling apart, or everything seemed like it was falling apart before. You just didn't hear all the craziness. So I this is a question I ask older people all the time, and I any anyone over the age of thirty five, by all means, you can unsolicitedly send me an email with the answer to this question mm-hmm. at any point in the rest of my life. Was shit cra- as crazy then and we just didn't know about it? I think so. I used to think so until I talked to older people. Mm. And what they all tell me is, for the most part, no. Mm. When it was, was the tail end of the 60s, early to mid-70s. Like, the like end of the hippie era, like, mm. the serious criminalization of drugs, like, yeah. the re- like the loss of white power through the civil rights era mm. and the attempted reinstatement of that through the late 60s and 70s. Mm. Uh, you know, the, you know, the women's movement that mm. had come to rise and, like, white America was freaking out about that. Mm. And, like, you know, you had Watergate. And, like, that was the only time as many things seemed to be happening at once. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of parallels. There's a lot of government conspiracy and cover-up. There's a lot of unexpected murder. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of sketchy things between the two. Uh, 
I I encourage everybody. One of my podcast recommendations I've been making a lot of people the past couple weeks. Slow burn. Uh, it's done by Slate. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, like. Uh, live retelling almost like a living through the Watergate mm-hmm. era uh, kind of like revisiting some of those stories and a lot of them are very similar to what we feel now yeah. uh, and it's the fringier things that are uncannily similar mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like oh yeah whatever government conspiracy presents a crook whatever mm-hmm. uh, more of the things like people going missing and pe- people with like unbelievable amounts of cash who nobody could really put together until like 20 years later they realized they were married to this guy's ex-cousin's wife's babysitter in a foreign country mm-hmm. you know what I mean all this weird shit um, yeah uh, speaking yeah, of that um, uh, I've been that's what it feels like right now to y- me. so another speaking of a pocket low-key podcast I've been listening to this dude uh AJ Benza's podcast is called uh, Fame's a Bitch and he's like an old New York like gossip uh, writer hmm. and then so what he does is uh, on his podcast he pretty much just like dissects shit in the media and or like he'll go back into like old school like uh, sports or like uh, celebrities from the past and hmm. he'll dissect it he'll do like Prince he'll do like uh, Hugh Hefner and he'll do like Mike, uh, I'm sure. he, he hasn't done Mike he's only had like 30 podcasts he's put up so far. Uh, but this... We coming for you. This shit is fucking so interesting. And this dude, because he's a gossip col- columnist or a previous, and he's an author and he's an actor, like, he has, like, knowledge. He's he's hung out with everyone. He's, he's at, like... He'll speak on hanging out with, like, Tupac, hanging out with... Um, Prince hanging out with at being at the Playboy Mansion, being on Howard Stern. He, he had an argument with like Trump about Trump like taking <laughs> one of his girls and shit like that. Yeah. And dude, it's it's incredible because this is someone who you like would not even think of, and you had to like go back and Google him to realize that he was a pretty B C C level celebrity back in the day. Mm. But he has so much insight. On like Hollywood, on like some of the actors, and will put them on blast. Like and so, it here's I I love those stories, but mm-hmm. I think they illustrate more than anything mm-hmm. how the, the level of crazy we see now wasn't possible then because Ex- yeah, that was concentrated what, uh, in those power networks. Mm-hmm. Now you can live that crazy playboy outrageous. I'm raping fourteen year olds imported mm-hmm. from Yugoslavia lifestyle uh-huh. in like Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Actually. You just couldn't do that then. Yeah, exactly. But but just with that being... So now, like, the mass... It, like, you can be crazy on a broader scale now. That's yeah. what, it, what it seems like. And also... And, probably, and to your point, yes, everyone knows about it. Because you and, put and it now the everyone internet. knows about it. But uh, it, it's incredible because the things... Like, he would break down celebrities who you think you they had this kind of brand and then you knew them and that's all you know their brand and he's like no this is i was with this guy the night before he did that and we did so many lines and i did this many lines and i know he was doing this and this drug more than i could hang with and like (laughs) and it is it's it's snackable content because all his podcasts are like 30 minutes to 20 Mm. minutes and it is some crazy interest. I'm hooked. I was hooked. I listened oh, to all this it shit. It's called uh, it's AJ Benza. Uh, I think it's B E N Z A. Um, is his last name? Fame's a bitch podcast. Go check Fame's out some of his shit. He oh dude, this dude had he he talks about mob dudes like he, he was connected with he wasn't like connected with them. Well, kind of. He he did some gambling with them and was a bookie for them. Like the uh, some of the crime families in yeah. New York uh, 
um, what's who did the Teflon Don uh, Gotti? Mm. It's like his relationship with John Gotti and how they, these all these elements cross with with like politicians and like uh, a lot of the, the famous people from the past and shit. It's it's, it's so and it, he goes into like some of the pedophile shit and going on in Hollywood. Dude, it's some crazy shit. And some of it is you're like, all right, all right, he's taking it, he's reaching on some of this and putting in his opinion over some of the factual stuff. But some of the things he's like, you know, he's been there. And I'll go back and I'll search it online and see how much of it is accurate. And a lot of his shit is fucking. I mean, that's, I think one of the things I love most about podcasts as a medium, especially in, you give these people voices who are fringe characters, but Mm -hmm. in those worlds, and they're not scared to say anything. Yeah. Some of these people don't even know, I'm not saying this guy, but like, there are people with platforms who didn't know they weren't supposed to say things, Mm -hmm. and now like, the people who are going to make them not say anything are dead. Yeah. Or in jail or whatever. Uh, And these people are just out here, and it's like, hey, you know all that crazy shit you were hearing that everybody swore wasn't true, and the guy who said it, like, got, you know, sent to a mental hospital back in 1992 or whatever yeah yeah no that happened I was there yeah like that's facts yeah exactly here's, here's video his 16 photos here's my Sony HD handy cam uh-huh. you know yeah. what I mean yeah. like no, it's, it's it's crazy because uh, and it's it, it just peels back keep to, it peels back the curtains on some of the insane things that have been happening in Hollywood now we get to see the inside we get to see it brought into the daylight and we're so surprised but from listening to this dude's podcast like this shit has been going like obviously celebrities have been crazy forever but he gives the insight of how crazy it was in the early 2000s in the 90s in the 80s and beyond that like we weren't privy to before and he's like look i'm let me peel back the curtains like this shit this guy like some like whether it's prince whether it's like he he had a you keep bringing up prince the prince is like fuck a bunch of teenage boys no no he just no no he 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 actually you're scaring me prince is my guy no prince his his recollections on prince and his relationship was always was very positive uh he did make like two episodes on prince but it was mostly just about his like hitting uh drug abuse and so forth that he kept i mean did you know about it and yeah, yeah exactly. And sometimes he's he's seen him and been like, yeah, like this is an issue, and someone should do something about. I'm it. I'm not saying because I don't know shit about Prince. I wasn't around for Prince's heyday uh, and all that. You know yeah. what I mean? I like Prince's music, but I don't know like Prince the guy very well. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is this: anyone who makes music that good is usually on drugs. Yeah. And that's just facts. Yeah. Like not a lot of people are able to get in touch with the human like emotion and like being on that level. Mm. Normally, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean? well, I, honestly, from his uh, recollections and experience, it was like Prince's whole thing was just uh, pain. He was having, he had a lot of pain, and he started. Oh, yeah, from all the dancing shit. Yes, yes, yes shit. yep, yeah. and and that's how. It, and like Prince didn't drink. He everything about his life was huh. pretty healthy. Besides that, he had a lot of pain, and he was trying to deal with it, and it just you know it, it turned into addiction where he had to use it to get through his day. And then, you know, eventually, you know, you got to pay the piper, man. So let's use that to transition into musical artists who feel a lot of pain and are also on a lot of drugs previously. Mm. Eminem and Joe Budden feud. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't stay in Prince too long, dog. I'm yeah. too good of a dead to be trying <laughs> thinking about dead people all day. So yeah, the Prince, R.I.P., he's the GOAT. Like, I don't know what else you want me to say. Uh, yeah, I think this is... I think this is... So I think this is a weird few, and I don't think we understand uh, 
every angle of it yet because I was just listening to Buttons on his podcast um, today, which he released, and he was the although bizarre attacked uh, defended M and attacked Joe Buttons. Fifty Cent made a statement defending M and attacking Joe Button. Uh, what Buttons was trying to explain is he doesn't feel like M's talking about him. He's like, yeah, I was. He he feels like he was talking about everyone beside that commented on besides. He feels like Joe. he was talking about like the masses in general, uh, not anyone in specific. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true either. I I'd have to know when some of these bars were recorded or written mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh. <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, Joe, Joe Budden talk a lot of shit. I feel like anyone who know Joe Budden as well as Eminem should know Joe Budden from the yeah. amount of work they've done together mm-hmm. would know not to take that shit too heavily. Well, there's two there's two sides in this. One, A, um, I feel like if M pretty much gave Joe a second look, and that's putting him yeah. on Slaughter, uh, Slaughterhouse. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean putting him on Slaughterhouse? Well, bringing Slaughterhouse over to uh, Shady? Shady. Sure, but like, I was yeah, like Joe Budden s- assembled Slaughterhouse for a record and yeah. then like, created that into an underground darling that then made Shady but, a bunch of money. But it, <laughs> I mean, not a bunch of money compared to what they were getting. I mean, they weren't selling out arenas or shit. And, you know, maybe. Yeah, but I'm saying, who, who else on Shady was selling records at that time? You don't need anyone but him and 50. Yeah, but <laughs> or 50, 50 yeah. hadn't put out an album in years. True, true. <laughs> but, I mean, it is. last project before that had flopped on a lot of levels. Yeah, I don't think it flopped. Not I think flop, it was a disappointment. It was his least impressive project yeah, okay, of yeah. his career. Uh, but, be, uh, yeah, flopped is strong. But M didn't, I mean. I don't want M to come with bars from me. Yeah, but M didn't need that. But, and they, Slaughterhouse needed, all those guys on Slaughterhouse needed Shady more than Shady needed them. Fair. And yes. um, it, everyone on that roster of Slaughterhouse haven't done much as far as success-wise above their Slaughterhouse product project. Depending on what you want to call success. I'm talking like, about like... Like record sales? Like sales record sales, like, tours, and shit like that. Like uh, Joe I, Off of the Mic has, has seen success. Yeah, but, but Well, a few things. I think Joe Off of the Mic was very much a product of the Slaughterhouse thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Slaughterhouse's press runs did a lot for Joe Budden, the, the yes. personality. Because I think it gave him a chance to be him on a panel of other niggas. Him by himself was a bad look because he talked himself into corners all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Him with three niggas who could bail him out who were mm-hmm. also like lyrically as gifted as mm-hmm. Joe so he couldn't like come after them mm-hmm. was a real good thing for him. Now that being said, I think like Royce has done fine by himself since. He did that pro- like... Well, pro- he did a project with M after that and then... And then yeah, but that wasn't even the project that like did numbers. He did Prime with Primo. That was the shit that really like did crazy for him. Well, no, because they did the they did this song with him, M, and Rihanna. But yeah, and that was, was like yeah, that it was, was huge. That and was, so like yeah, once you use those those, there's almost a like catapult to like put your name and brand in a different yeah. level, especially next to Eminem. Well, you can't say nothing about him then. Yeah, you gotta do it better. And you, I, if it's B, if let's say like let's say like you got on your own TV show and then you start popping. And then, like, you, the next season is shit. Mm. I, someone asked me on TV, like, what do you think of the, uh, what do you think of Mitch's new show? Like, I, I, I think, you know, I think he's doing, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, I respect where he's going with it. I, I expect him to continue to grow. 
Um, you know. Yeah, but I, 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 here, here's my thing. Like, it's not like Eminem is some fledgling rapper on the edge of making it on his sophomore yeah. project. Like Eminem's Eminem, and all anybody was saying about it was. Looking at the track list, this doesn't seem like really what I want to hear from Shady. It yeah. seems a little poppy. Let's see what comes of it. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be him rapping some poppy bars. Like, we'll get a couple tracks with him spitting, and that'll be that. And that's pretty much what the album was. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know that, why people that, are upset by that analysis. Honest, I, it's I, not I, bad. Like, Eminem's got bars for days. He wraps circles around plenty of niggas. I'm not trying to say this whatsoever. Yeah. But, like, if you're trying to say, like, Eminem came harder than ever on that album, like, that's just not true. Yeah, I think... I think I think, and I'm playing devil's advocate. I do. I don't agree with if he is upset with Joe. I don't agree with you as a megastar being sensitive enough to uh, be upset with someone voicing their opinion about your work. Yes. Uh, and but I do see M side if someone that like I thought was a friend and definitely a business partner coming on and completely like no i don't like what they're doing i don't like uh the track list and who, how he's ah, i can see, see i can see i can see it on both sides like i get shit, that too but shit. i think on, if you're at that level of success of a button or obviously m&m you know what i mean mm. if you're either of them and obviously m&m is far beyond buttons level mm. of success i think joe button would be the first to say that yeah uh i think when you're on that wavelength mm. you know what i mean like you just kind of look at each other and be like I'm gonna make it like I've seen you do better than that. Like, that, or it, what Joe really said, it boiled down to, eh, I mean, you don't really can make the kind of shit I used to fuck with you making. Yeah. I, I see what you're doing. Yeah, that's a lane, and you're doing that well. That's uh-huh. just not like what I came here for. So I'm a little disappointed. Uh, let me. Ask, but I don't think that's a, like a knock. Let me ask you a couple questions. Okay, yeah. a or one, would Memphis Bleak ever say that anything about? Jay, if Jay draws a garbage record, no, but you're talking would, about would Tony Yayo or Lloyd Banks say anything disrespectful about Fifty Cent? Give me and, a comparison to somebody who already had a career before that person put them on, though. You're saying this like Joe Budden wouldn't be shit without Eminem. Um, okay, let's go. Like Crooked Eye wasn't shit before Eminem. Yeah, but like they voice the five not. But they, I guarantee, their bank accounts is a lot more secure sure, now that ab- they got that shady money. Absolutely, I'm. Not, I'm not trying to. It, Absolutely, I don't think there's any question about that, and that was definitely a change, a mm. possibly life changing signing mm. for all of them. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, it's not like all these niggas had like houses with swimming pools and like you know trust funds for their kids already. Yeah, that might be strong, but like mm. they had money. You know what I mean? Mm. Joe Budden was like, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, you're right. Joe Budden was in a weird place. And it, okay, so I'm trying to think. But of- I was like fucking with that button, man. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I I I agree. Put this way, all I'm saying is, I, I, the way I look at it is like, the people you're close with should be the people most able to say that. If yeah. my friends can't tell me it's trash, I gotta hear it's trash from other niggas and come back to my friends. And my friends are like, well, no, like it wasn't really trash. Like but I kind of fucked with this thing. Like don't give me that shit, nigga. I and I agree, but it's a difference when you're doing that when you guys are just sitting in the room and having drinks, and it's different when you're on the uh, uh, on nationally or they're on the on the two different forums saying that you're on your podcast and you're on uh you know the uh, whatever it's called uh the. Uh, the fucking show, yeah, the everyday struggle show, yeah. show, and you're on different two different forms, and this is that's affecting how 
fans digested too because sure. I don't care what you say. If someone's like, "Yo, this shit is not trash. This shit is trash." Before some people even digest it, it's gonna affect the way audience the, receives let, it. Let me let me throw this out there then. Mm-hmm. From what I could decipher from what I was reading and watching from Joe's reactions to things, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like to me. Eminem hit him with like an advanced copy, ran something by him, or anything along those yeah. lines. And nowhere in M's history has he moved like that. Yeah. If you want niggas to provide you cover in the media, mm-hmm. then do your media friends a favor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, let it be known to any of my friends, no matter how popular this shit ever gets. Mm-hmm. If you come on my platform and you're promoting some trash shit, and I've heard it or mm-hmm. seen it or whatever, and mm-hmm. I thought it was trash, we don't talk about why I thought it was trash. And I'm going to say it to your face. Yeah, I mean. Now, I might get the shit kicked out of me because I'm wild pussy. <laughs> but I would hope that anyone we have on this podcast, friend of the show or complete stranger, like, don't like why would you put some shit out not thinking it was dope like come ready to defend it yeah and uh, and I guess that's what Eminem's doing I guess he's he's trying to defend it he's trying to come out but I, like whatever like the project is exactly what the criticism said it was yeah and there, nobody said he couldn't spit and all all those bars proved to me was Eminem still got it Eminem still got Venom Eminem can still do it over hard beats Two Chains by the way also put like a hard verse on yeah that. yeah uh, so salute to Chains and uh I, I but. Not giving him a pass. I mean, we even said that I I, I didn't like the album. I I told everyone that you know, asked me that I wasn't a fan of it. And here's my problem: Joe's kind of right because like go back to I hate when people drastically change up what work and formula. Like just go back to what's been working. Go back to Dre. Go back to you doing self production. Sim- yeah, symphony strings and like, yeah, yeah, was some samples in there. Some solid samples. The samples on here was terrible. And rapping. Yeah, and yeah, and and the the cadence was. I mean, he everything he said, the the rebuttal. I mean, the people are right, and it's like if if I make a bad cake, and the and the people don't like it, like I can't get mad at the people. Like I I, I didn't follow the recipe, or the recipe was trash. I got I got I got to take that L. And he's taken it before because he's one of the the album that we just we previously said that was one of his worst projects. Uh, he says like I hated that project. Yeah. I think he'll do the same after this and maybe drop some heat. But you gotta take that L. But does it have to come from someone you call a friend and someone you thought would help support the project? Mm, I don't know. And especially if you think that all, oh my boys all, don't support it. All I'm saying is don't go looking for support if you ain't reaching out. Yeah, I don't know. You ain't got you ain't got just like not be talking. I gotta to me reach for out you. for your loyalty. <laughs> I don't think they've been like speaking. It's not like Eminem hanging. When's the last time Eminem was on Buttons podcast? Yeah, but some once you like you break bread with someone, you have certain I'm sure conversations. They've been through the same shit as far as depression, drug abuse, and so I forth. Guess. I'm sure there's been some real shit discussed that he doesn't. But, uh, think. All, all I'm saying is I'm not thinking about any of that when I'm critiquing your record. I'm not yeah. sitting here thinking about well, we had that one conversation on the back porch where we really talked about how both our mamas went through this thing. Yeah. Like no, nah, like. Yeah, that was weird. It and, wasn't. And, and Joe may be right. Maybe he's not upset. Maybe he's talking about. I, I and I hope that he's talking about. He's not talking about Joe because I think that's a, a real look. If him just like no, I, I mean I think and I would like to hear what M himself would say out about it outside of the record. Um, but I can see both sides. The record wasn't that good. M's better than that. Joe called him out on being better than that. Take the L. Someone's like, yo, you better than that. You know? 
That's pretty much how I feel. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who are better than everybody according to the internet, Oprah 2020 is officially Oprah 2020. happening. Well, not officially happening. I should go. Hopefully, what do you? What's Hopefully, your... yeah. okay. What'd you think of the speech first before we get into all the bullshit? You seen the speech? I saw the speech. Uh, this is the only thing about the Emmys I saw. Uh, Golden but uh, Golden Gloves. Uh, but besides, shout out to the black dude from This Is Us because he's getting overshined uh, by Sterling Oprah. K. Brown. Yeah, man. Shout I out to make my sure brother, man. Yeah, nah, I don't yeah, know how every, many. Oprah does a powerful speech when you win yeah. that. You know, like you get. You There's only room for so many black stories, my guy. Exactly. So. But no, um, on, on that level, let me really say, I truly think not enough people in the black community are, are, like watch This Is Us because mm. it's seems like a really like fluffy in your feels white people NBC sitcom. It is that. It is, but it's it's very it just has it, to... it's open to all types of people. It represents a, a varied character base well without feeling corny and cliche about it. Um it does feel corny and cliche yeah, at times. Let it me, does. I mean, I mean it's Mandy really Moore fucking good, it. man. It's yeah, really good. But it does have some Mandy um, Moore's trash. It does, I'm it, sorry. It she's does... bad. And I used to love Mandy Moore's <laughs> She's trash, isn't it? Maybe it's just because the mother is a terrible person in the show, so maybe that's why yeah. I hate her. But like uh, but it is it, it is like on the same tone as like the Grey's Anatomies and so forth. It just has different See, I, never, I I watch Side note, I've watched one episode of Grey's Anatomy, yeah. and I was in college because I went to a girl's dorm room, and they were like, I don't give a fuck what we're doing the rest of the night, but uh, whatever time it was that night, Grey's Anatomy is on, this is pre-DVR days, yeah. and so it's like, it's going down. And I walked in, and she's got 15 bitches in this dorm room, and they like, very small pajamas, I'm like, why am I going anywhere? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to handle like Grey Goose, like, let's hang out. <laughs> Turn on Grey, bitches. Yeah, you know? Um, but no, it's a, it's a well written show I think it's entertaining it's very uh, it plays on the emotional course of people so uh, yes. and it's some good act. it's some solid it's acting it's really good acting there's a lot um, of for as trash as Mandy Moore is there's a lot of really good performances yeah there. and I'm not even mad at her at her uh, acting and the fathers too I've seen a few episodes of it and I was I watched the full thing so mm-hmm. I'm I, I don't watch it every time it comes on, you know, but every once in a while I'll catch it. I didn't, so. I didn't watch the first season. I, I, I've watched the whole second season so far. No, oh, okay. Really good. Yeah, so. Anyways, uh, but so shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, so I did, Oprah. I did see Oprah's speech, and it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was powerful. We got the people, it, here's the thing. Um, there is, a, especially with what we see in uh, politicians and especially with Trump and so forth, there's a lot of people who are upset and there's a lot of our politicians that are under the spotlight that doesn't give people uh, motivation or hope or inspiration. And so for like Oprah to come through with like something that's powerful, uh, extremely um, insightful and moving, it breathes that that air of hope into society that people have been looking for. Um, and it seemed presidential, right? And that's what... You don't think so? Um, You're skeptical? In, in, skeptical to, in today's current America, let me say, first and foremost, most everything seems like it could be presidential. So yeah, I don't know that's how very true. discerning of a that's statement very true. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> What, yeah. Why I, are we still trying to vote celebrities in the office right now? Um, Do we not see how this is going? Yeah, I agree. Uh, but here's... In, I'm not saying Oprah is Trump. I'm saying, like, I don't know that 
I, I would like a presidential candidate to be seriously like considered who has political understanding and knowledge. I'm um, over successful business people and entertainers running politics. That doesn't seem like it's going well. But ha- career politicians have not been going well for a long time either. I mean, Obama, even Obama, he was a new senator. I mean, he hasn't had a ton of political experience before. Sure, I'm not saying we need a 40-year veteran, but I want a senator, a mayor, a governor. Somebody who has a working understanding of the political ecosystem. And, and, and maybe just rich people have to have that. I, I mean, I understand that. And yeah. Like, like, I'm sure Oprah has a, a work... I'm not trying to, like, come off wild, like, massages, mm-hmm. like, oh, this broad must know nothing. It's like, yeah. I am sure Oprah has a working political understanding that most of us laymen will yeah. never achieve. Yeah. That is for sure. But I think also, like, a lot of Oprah's pitch is, like, I don't know. It... it <laughs> You're right. It it breathes hope. It just seems too fluff and not substantive. And that's always like her whole speak things into existence and giving credit to anti-vaxxers and making Dr. Phil a thing. And like, I just don't want that person running my country. Um, he, and that's no diss to Oprah. I like Oprah a lot. I want, I, I, Oprah can, I don't know. Going, just going from entertainment mogul to president seems strange. I don't like it. And I don't like the way it's going right now. And I'm not voting for it again. I just... Yeah, maybe I, that I, sounds like get off my lawn, old manny. But like, I'm just like, nah. Yeah, I. Here's where I'm. I analyze everything from, or where I'm analyzing the uh, the climate of today is that I don't see a good option. I don't want a career politician in there that owes a bunch of favor. I, I don't want someone who continue. I don't want the same model. And, and How so, about a young politician who's a woman of color or a combat veteran? I just don't know who she owes to get up there. Like, I know Oprah. So you mean to tell me you don't think Oprah made cut a deal ever in history that was, like, fucking somebody over for her to get to where she's at? Yeah, but you know what? A billion dollars can, like, can squeeze that. I, yeah, you, I owe you some money. Yeah, but I have a billion dollars. Like, I don't want to hear shit from you. How do you think people who got a billion dollars got a billion dollars? Yeah, but... Treat people correctly? No, I guarantee there's some dirt, but I'd rather have Oprah who's like, if she is, if she's doesn't do something, she's still a billionaire, but you have someone come in, like a new politician, like a Obama or like a, a, a Clinton who came into the presidency pretty much uh, not having a lot of money. You have to make, I mean, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. You have to, you know, you have to keep things going in order to solidify your space and your in your relationships but if you already have a billion dollars and you're self-sufficient regardless of whatever happens in this political realm then i have i'm only going to make decisions based on what do people want and i don't yeah, owe the coke brothers i, don't I don't think owe that's, Wall that's the part you miss entirely you think she owes these people anything you no think she's- i don't think that at all but i think anyone who is self-sufficient doesn't owe the people anything I think, like, why, if I'm so sufficient, I can do anything I want to and I answer to no one, would I answer to the collective people? I would do what I wanted to do. Would you not? No, because you I'm don't... I'm not saying what Oprah wants to do, by the way, would be the worst thing for the country. It could be the best thing for the country for all I know. Because if but she just was considering just her own agenda, then she could just sit at home and be a billionaire or just go into... She can continue to climb the you know the multi level the the levels of whatever corporate interests that she's been doing for now so essentially you're making you're making the trump argument 
I'm only getting into this for the right reasons, obviously, because if I if I didn't want to be doing this, I could sit at home and collect checks. Um, he said that all throughout his campaign, didn't he? Yeah, I, but does anyone really think that Trump had? I, I, I Trump's got enough money to say that. I don't know how much money he actually yeah, has. I don't, He's got enough money to make that statement. I don't, one. I don't know. Uh, one Trump's an idiot. Fair. Um, and he's has shown. You put me in a position to defend Donald Trump. In the I know, show a and, lot. He, and he and he has <laughs> shown like he has shown a history of being a, a sociopath or or at least a narcissist. Um, he's Bruh, you're talking about a woman with her name on everything under the sun, from a magazine to a television show to a television network. Sorry, to, like everything Oprah owns is Oprah branded, just like Trump. Yeah, but is she it not. But she's. Yeah, but is look that at not the, narcissism? Are, you, are you saying there's parallels between their career? Because like one, I think, one was, I think there's parallels between any quote unquote self made billionaire who made most of their money on the backs of other people. Uh, and I'm not saying that about Oprah because I know Oprah is an upstanding citizen. You're gonna get killed. Oh, there. I am sure. <laughs> but my point is like no one, and I mean no. no one, and paint me a skeptic. No one's got a billion in the bank who didn't fuck somebody over. I, I, and I'm not saying I need somebody who's flawless, but I, I want to know. <laughs> I agree to that. And there's already, like, I don't, I don't trust, do you really just blanketly trust Oprah? That seems to be Oprah's vibe, it's just everyone seems to trust her. She I, is the person who gave you Dr. Phil. Do you trust Dr. Phil? I don't blanketly trust anyone. Um, I do. Do you trust anti-vaxxers, who she validates all the time? Who gonna fucking kill us all? I do think that once you dig into things a little bit... And I'm not saying she's Trump. I'm sorry. Yeah. Before I do get killed for this. Um, I do think that Oprah is coming in here with good intentions. I Agreed. Um, I, I think she is... And she would not... Because I think her ego is... She would not put herself in the position to be a, a president nom- nominee if she thought that she would have to put herself in a, a, a position which would, she would have to be someone's tool or pawn. Or, I agree with that. Uh, and that is her ego. That's the reason why she's where she is. She does have that, like, you know, anyone who's a billionaire wants to considers running for president has an ego and has a, a you know, there's something uh, weird about them that thinks they want to, they can fix the world. And, um, I just feel like there's there's a huge difference between uh, Donald Trump and Oprah. I think that her intentions are going to be well intended. I think that the the factors of her not having this um, history and politics that we know of, uh, besides you know, and, and knowledge that we 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 know of, um, I think. What you gamble with that is is far less than what we've seen with a career politician or a young politician who's coming in here and has to play the system, has to play the cards, has to play the system. I'd rather have. Like, I, but I, I guess like I, I would make the inverse argument, which is that if you are young, but also like in actual politics and doing mm-hmm. this in the ground, like you're trying to find your way. You haven't been sold out to somebody yet. Mm-hmm. And somebody gives you that shot to be in real power. And mm-hmm. now like. I haven't done any of you fucks any favors. I'm uh, here now. I I, I'm much harder pulling for that. The the Camilla Harris's of the world. The mm-hmm. Tammy Duckworths of the world. I don't think the same thing where you said that like uh, to get a billion dollars, you have to fuck some people over. I don't think you become uh, 
in that in the, in that political world and climate, I don't think the young politicians get that no. opportunity I, unless they have some older politician that gave them the green light. But so some I, this, shit is. This is what I learned in 2016 talking to a lot of people who you know a couple of buddies who like you know worked as like researchers at a couple of different like think tank kind of places and like on some of the primaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize like the research. Uh, I, I guess like I knew, but I didn't like quite understand their level of like research and like demographic breakdown and everything. Candidates aren't picked like it. Just it, as much as people don't want to hear it, it just comes down to a popularity contest amongst those people you can sell as qualified. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, I don't think you necessarily need and the, then, the and money. No, well, yeah, and money obviously. But yeah. I'm saying the people with the money will back the person that they feel like can win, and then like will enact what they want to see enacted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can like be bland enough mm. starting off yeah. to attract all sorts of people, and demographically you fit all the the benchmarks party mm-hmm. left or right wants you to. So mm-hmm. if you know, for instance, you're a under 50 woman of color who has military experience and less than eight years of political background, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, that's the fucking sweet spot in the Democratic Party right now, right? That's mm-hmm. That would be the ideal candidate. Let's go pluck one of them out of the Senate. They don't give a fuck what you've done yet. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy. But I think... We're getting down a really We don't... Hole. I mean, I... Yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole. But I don't, I don't think there's... I mean, uh, the Democrats have been criticized uh, a lot, especially now, uh, about their lack of young, yes, fresh faces. Absolutely. And... But I think they're actually doing a lot about it. I'm, I'm very amped for the, for the 18 midterms. I think it's, it's going to be... I'm, I'm hoping that comes true. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, my, to, your, to your larger point, I, I don't think Oprah's... A, let me back off some of my previous statements. I don't think Oprah is unqualified to mm-hmm. run for president. Mm-hmm. I am just very uncomfortable given how voting for entertainers into the highest office in this land have gone so far in history between Trump, between Reagan. Like, yes. don't love it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I even made that same argument on the earlier podcast. That I, I don't care who I, it is. I just, I did, I, yeah, the I, Rock is getting floated out there. Yeah. Like, do you really, do people really want to see Dwayne Johnson and Oprah Winfrey, like, running on a ticket together? Like, that's, people are really pulling for that. Like, are you, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Why don't we get Count Chocola next? <laughs> but, 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 like, that sounds like a joke, but, like, you have a, like... And I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from either of those people. I'm not saying you can't be, but like, maybe that's the future. Maybe you like to become president. You need to be a world-renowned entertainer, and then a media personality, and then a talk show host, and an actor, and then you can be president because it's just one more cog in a fake system. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that seems fucking bizarre to me, and I don't want to start that trend. Yeah, I, I. I feel like we can find qualified people for president who aren't Oprah and The Rock. Uh, I think there. I think whoever the fuck else is running. I can agree to. I, I can agree to a certain aspect of that argument. Um, I think that there is a bigger problem, and these are just symptoms of a bigger problem. I, I prefer to get a large portion of the money out of the politics and make people. Do you think you do that by running billionaires who are quote unquote self sufficient? Um. No. I think that is... That's my point. Yeah. But that's the game we're playing right now, so it's like you prefer... What's going to need to happen is a a young tech bet tech savvy like candidate is going to need is going to need to run a low budget impactful campaign. 
Like a, like a less than less than a hundred million dollar campaign that yields say twelve to fifteen percent of the popular vote. Yeah. And then the world is gonna fucking change. Well, we're starting. But until then, I don't see it. I think we're starting to see that. I mean, you saw it in um, well, Bernie Sanders. Uh, he ran a grassroots campaign, which mm-hmm. that was the most. Well, they as as far as trends. Yeah, I mean uh, that was. That was the anomaly. I mean, I'm, I'm a birdie guy. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. But that was the anomaly yeah. of this. Where any any political expert would say, like, yeah, Trump is not the anomaly. Bernie like, Sanders. Bernie is. Sanders is to run a grassroots campaign. Uh, and Bernie Sanders is what fucked Hillary. That's what allowed for Trump. Yeah, exa- exactly. And Hillary people can't stomach it. Uh, and then I think we saw the same. Was it? Uh, I think it was not Germany, but maybe France. They had another guy who ran. Uh, it wasn't completely. It wasn't a grassroots but oh, he we ran, covered that the yeah. Marcos uh, Mars something yeah and he ran like yeah. with uh, a campaign which was digitally based like he was doing press conference from like uh, satellites and, um, and and like 3D images or whatever you know he did some wild stuff and ended up being you know achieving a lot but I think we're, we're under that cutting edge to where so you're not let me pitch it to you this way imagine a Bernie Sanders who understood what was going on in his campaign like Bernie Sanders had the message down don't get me wrong but yeah. like I think a bunch of people were helping Bernie Sanders on like that digital front mm-hmm. that grassroots front yeah. and Bernie Sanders was like that's cool I hired y'all to do your thing like I just don't really know what y'all are doing but it's clearly working yeah. imagine a candidate who had like some actual control and insight into that and could like mm-hmm. make the tweaks necessary like, like Eli, have a, a better Eli, a young Elon Musk coming up you talk about a guy who could run that yeah. would I mean I'm not again I'm skeptical but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Oprah 2020, there's worse choices, but like. <laughs> that should be a campaign slogan. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you already that, did what? That, no, that was Hillary's slogan, though. Yeah. You yeah, know, it was. like, that was her whole campaign was yeah. there's a worse choice, vote for me. And I just, like, I, I want to, I want to candidate I'm voting for and I don't know maybe I just maybe I'm ignorant about Oprah maybe if she runs I'll learn more about her through the campaign but like I just I don't know enough about Oprah to feel like yeah she should be president a, 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 a black woman from the poverty south becoming a billionaire if Oprah can't do that then who the fuck can Fair. <laughs> and what we say all 2017 in the future align yourself with women of color and queer men yeah so Oprah if you need a queer chief of staff speechwriter whatever you holler at your boy I will then believe in you because you'll have me on the payroll uh, <laughs> until then I'm Oprah's shut the like, fuck yeah, up it'd be cheaper to have you killed I think <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's guaranteed true I'm not important enough to be worth more than 30 grand to kill me and that's about all I'm going to take to put me on the staff so uh, yeah I mean salute to Oprah I hope it goes well uh, I don't want you to be present sorry lady mm-hmm. uh, I'm voting for you Oprah Team Oprah. <laughs> Check back here in 2020. If we're still doing young, this podcast. Young Stedman. <laughs> young Stedman. That's what we got to do, AKA. Young go. Stedman. We finally got Chris's first yeah. AKA. Young Stedman. Live in the flesh. Chocolate Stedman. <laughs> uh, staying within our theme of race, I guess. You want to talk about this H&M shit? Yeah. Um, so H&M? For, yeah. yeah for, for, for those of you guys did not see it, or you live under a rock, or you just don't have the internet or computer, H&M made a huge blunder this week. And what they did was they ran an advertisement on their website, which was for child children's clothing. They had some hoodies rolling out. They put one of the black kids in a hoodie, a green hoodie, that said the coolest 
Monkey in the Jungle. Now, let me pause you right there for y'all listening at home who really haven't seen this. This isn't, like, racially ambiguous black. This isn't, maybe he's Dominican black. No, dude. This isn't, he lives up near, like, Egypt. He's Akon's son. Yeah, this is, like, Sierra Leone, Kenya, like, Nubian nation black. Yeah. My nigga is, like, you, you just don't put people of that skin tone in a shirt with the word monkey on it at all. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Every time. So, okay, before you go, how do you feel? Just give me your take on it. Can, I'm did play. you see the white kid? That yeah. was the part that got bad. Did you see his hoodie? Yeah, and all they had to do was like, Jungle hey. survival expert. Yeah, hey, how about just, let's switch these shirts. Right. Yeah. I, I even said, you know what's funny? I said that to somebody before I even saw the one of the white mm-hmm. kid. I was like, all you got to do is put a white kid in that same hoodie. That's a fire hoodie. Yeah. Like, Coolest Monkey in the Jungle isn't, like, that's not offensive on a hoodie. Yeah. Like, that's a tough hoodie. I might actually buy the hoodie. I don't know. That's still not. Probably not. <laughs> no. Definitely not. But, like, for, like, children who just like animals yeah. or whatever, it's like, cool. cool, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm, the one that really got me is, like, you have that and this very, like, nature green on the black kid. And then you have, like, the warning orange, bright orange hoodie mm. that says, Jungle Survival Expert. As though these two kids would be playing together, and this white kid needs to survive the experience of having a black kid in his school, or his playground, or his soccer team, or wherever the fuck this kid's wearing this hoodie to. And okay. that shit drove me bananas. Okay, no well, pun well, here, here is, pun here is um, and I feel like we, everyone knows uh, this is completely um, ridiculous and uncalled for. Everyone knows it was a huge mistake. H and M's apologize. What I wanted to uh, unpack on this is, do you think this was intentional? Do you think this was just stupidity? Um, and it was other people who noticed it that did not speak up, who were black or other minorities. How do you think this happened? I don't. I don't think there's a minority in the room when that decision was made. That that I feel for. I I, I, I do. Have, see, I no. I I guarantee because I, I know. From what here's the background of what H and M does. They take these. How do you know this, by the way? Um, just from like reading interviews mm-hmm. and shit like that on H and M. So what H and M is like? They take these fashion students and so forth who are coming up. So like these kids, these are like the college students or whatever you who are going to be working for Gucci and Dolce Gabbana. So, but now they're mm-hmm. getting their experience. So they have them design all this shit for them. And I'm not sure they do this for the kids section. I'm pr- probably, I'm sure. but. Uh, that's what they do for like the adult section, and then they design all the shit they get for cheap. They sending out to Malaysia and have these dudes in these sweatshops make it for like two two cents a day, and then um, but I guarantee that they designed it. I'm guaranteed they have like a a cool hip marketing staff or something of young professionals. There's no way that H&M... The H&M has some fire stuff. I'm not going to lie. See, this is my thing. There had to be a minority in the room. I... It, if there were... The part that trips me up is their kids, right? So, like, I have to imagine, like, your the parents have to sign off on something. Like, I would have to imagine yeah. you have to see what they're modeling before you sign off on what they're modeling. Exactly. Uh, and that seems bizarre to me. No, I bet you, I bet you, like, you know how these corporate... Like, you... You, so your general kid, waiver. Yeah, yeah you, you want to be this and yeah. then yeah. All right, we'll see you in the prints afterwards. Yeah, you know? that's. Yeah, I very much agree. I assume that's how that. But as far as like the decision making, like when you like see the the ad shot, if any whoever's reviewing that, I don't. But it's either I don't think that's happening high enough up the process to have like 
the cool hit team involved, yeah. or is happening way above their heads. One yeah, of the two. Yeah. I don't think that's like hitting the, that middle management crowd at all. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like that young hippie, like hip, hip yuppie crowd you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened is H and M came out with a statement. It was like, we don't see black blacks or any of minorities as animal. We just see a cool shirt, and so since we don't look at it like this, we're riding with it. What do you think happens? What do I think happens, or what do I think? What do you What do you think that that's the statement? Like, what's your opinion on it personally? Uh, per- personally, I don't like, see this kid as a monkey. I just think it's a cool shirt, and that we would put it on any kids. We don't see African. We're not racist, and we won't apologize for. I'd say, I I actually kind of almost would applaud that, but I'd have to argue then like my nigga just put insisted. somebody else in the shirt. Yeah. That like if you if you felt that way, then like if you felt like put this way. You designed a shirt that says coolest whatever in the wearer, mm-hmm. right? When you go to have that shirt modeled, you want that modeled by who you think represents the coolest blank in the blank. Mm-hmm. So the decision that was made was out of the, the child models we've selected for this shoot, which of you looks like the coolest monkey in the jungle and you put it on the black kid? Yeah. <laughs> that's not cool, my nigga. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. my point. If, yeah, if your yeah. argument is like that's just a cool shirt, then like... You would have put it on any of these other perfectly cool-looking kids in this H&M kids catalog. Yeah. You got an Asian kids. You got some white kids. You got. You probably got some Middle East kids. Like, H&M's a very diverse crowd in their modeling. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, true. It's they not could. like you didn't have other options. Yeah. It's not like this is like a that fubu w- shoot. That wouldn't stand in the court of law. That would be substantial. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah, you would be. I, that's you what I mean. I'll take it. You'd be assuming... But the, the court of Twitter? Yeah. Where we murking H&M right now? Yeah. It... it let me jump to the serious question. Are you boycotting H&M after this? Because I'm certainly not. Uh, and I'm sure Black Twitter will roast me for that. But, like... I... I well... I wasn't buying H&M kids to begin with. I wasn't buying anything for... I... I, I, was, I wasn't buying H&M anymore anyways, just because that was... Because you're 33 and you're grown now? Yeah, and on top of that... I'm it, 27. I still shop at H&M. Yeah, and... Judge the fuck out of me for that. And on top of... Just Henley like, tees and $5 sunglasses all day. Yeah, and there's a... Like, there's a ton of issues I have with H&M. I mean, even their whole... Put, no, put me on. They, I'm going to boycott H&M. I'm sorry. Let me get this off. This worse. Even, like, all these... I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not acting higher, higher than that, holier than thou, because I... Uh, shop at Zara's, which is uses the, it's the same practices, but it's like if you want to have there's bigger issue than this this racism that like there's like the oh. whole corporate set setup is is structured around like going in these shithole country oh, shithole country excuse me if you live in these shithole countries <laughs> uh, if you live in these these, really these economically uh ec- low economic countries and having like People work for. How do you so think you're you still get wearing it? Nikes though? Yeah, so that's why I say. I mean, like, but H and M was just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. what I mean. Like, and I wasn't rocking I, with them anyway. I, Nike I is always my bar because we've known Nike has been operating sweatshops literally since I was a child. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I've known Nike used slave labor since 1998 or so. Yeah. So if you're gonna wear Nike, I can't take you seriously boycotting anyone else's ethical I'm practices. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, that's true. I don't have as many Nikes as I used to though. But That's those fair. dunks are so yeah. fire. <laughs> you wear a lot of Adidas instead. I do wear a lot of Which I don't yeah, know I for don't, a fact those are made in sweatshops. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I mean, how do you keep up with those mar? How do you get those margins? <laughs> I mean. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I'm not rocking H&M anymore, so it's not. Right. I don't have to make that decision. Uh, if I saw something on the fire from there, yeah, I'll probably buy it. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't. This just fake because one, I don't. I think it was a couple people who made a stupid decision, and it was either they were naive or. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't yeah. think whoever made that decision was a racist. I just think they were stupid yes. and they made a blunder. And um, and, I, and I, I'm sick of this fake, this fake upset Twitterverse yeah. online where everyone out acts outrageous. Why, why can't just people be like, yeah, this is fucked uh, up and uh, stupid and. Like I'm, sh- I don't think it was intentional. It was just a little bit accidental racism. <laughs> I and I think to that point, like specifically on the race thing, and I know we'll get into some gender shit, a whole bunch of other shit later in this episode. Mm-hmm. But like specifically on the race thing, people need to be able to understand that like you can commit acts. And this sounds wild to say out loud, and I'm sure many friends of mine of color will be offended by me saying this. I truly do believe you can commit acts of racism and not be a racist. Mm-hmm. If you're, your acts of racism are of naive, naivete mm-hmm. or in, like, ignorance, mm-hmm. like, I don't hold that against you. I just expect you not to do that again once you've learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, to your point, I just think this is somebody, like, saw that and was like, oh, that's a cool shirt. He looks like he'd be a cool kid. Yeah. Like, he didn't process, like, why do I think he's the cool kid? Yeah. Like, what is generations of black cool versus, like, uh, white uh, expertise really yeah. mean? Yeah. Why do we look at any, anything that's cool as criminalized until it can be adopted and then co-opted into a capitalist means that can then produce, like, value for white culture? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm certain whoever decided this shirt shirt goes on this kid and this shirt goes on that kid mm-hmm. was not having that thought. Yeah, he's probably like a production intern who's 20 years old and also in fashion school. Yeah, you exactly. I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't think so, but I I do. I, I am sick of people just like not thinking about it. Yeah, not thinking about it, and I'm also I'm just as sick of people being this fake outrage. Too, they're both annoying. Well, and so I guess that's that's the tough part, right? Because we want everyone to think about it now. So Mm -hmm. the people who were thinking about it before are just thinking eight times as hard. Yeah, and some shit you just don't need to think that hard about. Yeah, like H and M put out a kind of like weird, you know. A kid sweater. It, yeah. it, in in kid land, mm-hmm. right? If you're under the age of 13 and you show something that said coolest monkey in the jungle, you just think that means like you can swing on monkey bars longer than other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, probably not in today's world where you probably think you're nice at fucking Fruit Ninja. Uh, you slice mad bananas or whatever because kids don't play outside. But uh, yeah, you get my point. I don't know what Fruit Ninja is. <laughs> Damn it, you real old. I know. Man. Uh, they got Fruit Ninja Dave and Buster's now. Where you been? I, uh, Nigga, no, no, no. I'm pushing one. Uh, <laughs> we're welcoming Chris into 2009 right yeah. now. Uh, but no, I get like, I don't, I don't think any kid was looking at that and thinking that. And I think that's scary because you don't want to like reinforce certain notions. But at the same time, like you gotta let kids be kids, man. Yeah. Uh, and I think people, the outrage machine is very strong. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, at our most listened to episode ever was the Jonah Lucas I'm Not Racist podcast. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, people people love the outrage, people love the debate, and it's like, some shit's just not that serious. It was a stupid yeah. choice, it was a bad shot, I'm glad they pulled it, I'm glad they responded. Yeah. I'm I'm happy with how everything played out. Mm, yeah. I guess that's why I don't have much to say about it. Yeah. It happened, yeah. it was crummy, They're they good. responded, the response was good. The backlash was good. Everybody's kind of cool now. We don't. I don't think we need to be done with H and M. Yeah. H and M needs to be a little more conscious with their choices, and I'm cool from here. Yeah, I am too. Moving uh, on. Moving on. Um. 
pastor's pot or genuine? Uh, we're at, we're at about an hour off. Yeah, we got a so, bunch of shit to get through. Yeah, so uh, and what was it, pastor? Pastor's pot, genuine. We also have to do our late to watch content recap. Shit, dude, this is gonna be like an hour and a half. All right, here's gonna be my suggestion. I think we should do genuine because it's still current, uh-huh. and we do the other two next week. Sorry to tease the shit out of y'all. And then we'll do our content recaps. Ready? All right, cool. Frank. Uh, there you go for our on-air show, Fred. That was wildly professional. Uh, my fucking favorite story of the week that I read. Fucking genuine, man. Uh, so I am easily the far-left pro all genders, all sexualities, all colors in the rainbow. Fuck whoever you want to. Be whoever you want to. Mm-hmm. Half of this podcast. And mm-hmm. I'm in no way ashamed of that. But this shit is getting... To, to the to point of fake outrage. Yeah. This shit is out fucking rageous. Yeah. Uh, and this is partially my problem with the left. Is is a situation like this? You boxed. Well, go over the details of it. So I'm, I'm gonna go through the details, and this just sounds outrageous to me. So, genuine, famous for Pony, my nigga, like one of the greatest records of all time. Salute mm-hmm. to Pony. We, yeah. we might intro the podcast with Pony. Uh. Nobody's having a bad time when Pony comes on. I'll put it that way. He's on Celebrity Big Brother UK. Like, bro, where yeah. have you fallen to? Anyway, so he's on there. Apparently, there's a controversy because there's some other housemate woman, I believe, woman, right? India Willoughby. And I believe she's trans woman. I, I don't watch I, that show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out that she is a trans woman. Or oh, it is yeah. a trans woman herself. Okay. Made sure I read that later in the article. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to like, misidentify her. Mm-hmm. So India Willoughby, who is a trans woman. Apparently, they're having a conversation. Uh, and she was like, you know, you would date me, yeah. Uh, like, And she asked, and he's, his response was, not if you were trans. <laughs> Which, like, people are saying is transphobic. Mm-hmm. More on that in a second. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. After him saying that, I would not date you if you were trans, this woman then tries to kiss him. Mm. He denies her advances. She storms off. Yeah. Now, from everything I've been told in 2017, mm. if I approach somebody, they say they're not interested, I say, no, nah, but you would be if it was me, right? Yeah. And they say, no, nah, like for real, I still wouldn't be. Yeah. And then I tried to kiss you. Yeah. That would be... Yeah, assault. That's, yeah, it's harassment. Very. At that's not harassment. That's assault. Yeah. And, and, and okay, so now I'm not. I'm not trying to like paint this to be like a, we should charge her with sexual assault or anything. Yeah. But like that's my reading of that situation. Yeah. So then, the reaction to that situation is apparently today confirmed. Genuine is transphobic slash homophobic, and I'm tired but not surprised. Like I'm just trying to enjoy your art, but you had to be trash. This shit between India and Genuine is transphobia at its best, and I'm tired of people saying it's not. If you won't date somebody just because they're trans, uh, but you would date them if you didn't know, it's transphobia. No, it's not. Let me explain something to y'all. There's a difference between not know, like, if I don't know something, I'm not, I can't, like, make a call about that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> whether, in it's a really gray area, because if the reason you're not dating somebody is specifically because they're trans and, like, they fit everything else you thought you wanted out of a, a person in their life, whatever. Hmm. That's probably a little transphobic. There's not a lot of ways to get around I, that. I, do you think that? Yes. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. They, if they fit all the other characteristics of, that you want in a partner, how is that not transphobic? I don't. I don't know. I, I, 
I just don't what? feel like. But here, here's my point. Are you, okay. One of the things you're allowed to like specify and what you want in a partner mm-hmm. is there which gender you prefer to date. Mm-hmm. I don't like. You can't tell gay people that they have to fuck other genders, right? Like I can't go to gay men and be like, no, like you, mu- like you must fuck women now. I can't go to lesbians and be like, you gotta take this dick. Yeah, like, exactly. That, like otherwise you're cisphobic. Like that's not how that shit but, works. But just because his preference is not to date uh, a trans woman, it doesn't mean that he's he's he right. doesn't like he's he doesn't. Now, he's like I, that's just not his preference. He doesn't I, want I to date ask, a trans woman. I will always ask people the question when they say I don't date blank or I don't want to date blank. Why? Because if your reason for not wanting to date trans people is something like, I find that shit gross. I don't want to figure out what's going on down there. Like, that's some transphobic shit. I, I, well, that, you put it, you frame it like that. And, but you say, like, one, I don't think a lot of people understand. Dave Chappelle, as we will go into. Uh, yeah, this is, we can cover all that at once. That's good. One of the things he said in his in his stand-up, and I, I hate to give away his bit, but uh, is that he was like, I, I totally get it. I totally understand people wanting to be what they want to be, and I support that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't care what they do with their, they, you know, I don't care what anyone do, does with their life, regardless. But if... He has the right to say that, like, look, like, I don't. I, if you if you were trans, I, it's just not something that's interested. Yeah, and he doesn't have to have a reason. Does he need to have a reason why? Is it just maybe he yeah. just he doesn't he maybe and sometimes you don't even understand. I I don't understand why I w- w- want to date women. Like that's not something you set down. I, I want to date women. It's just something that that's that's how I. There's some women that just don't want to date black men, and so I, 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 don't, I don't. They probably don't know understand why they're not see, why I, they're I, not I, attracted to. Maybe there is something that's that's uh, subconscious and that. And that, that to to my point about like racism without being racist, mm-hmm. right? Like I think most of those preferential things are rooted in some sort of like. Like something culturally, ta- everything yeah, sexually, right, right, a lot right. of things that our preferences are, are 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 based on culture. The fact that like we l- l- love Jennifer Lawrence or uh, well, I guess she's not like your traditional classically beautiful woman. Don't say uh, looks just like Jennifer Lawrence. I'm just saying. I, I'm not saying she's that hot, but I'm just saying your ideal yeah. of like let's say. Uh, uh, who's like a classically beautiful Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Like what we like about Scarlett Johansson is just years and years of reinforcement, uh, reinforcement based on like what you know we're supposed to be attracted to. Yeah. Is it is it is, is, is are there people who don't like women who don't look like? So, are, are, is, so I, guess that, the, I guess the question is like if Scar if Scarlett Johansson came out tomorrow and said that she used to be a dude, would that make her unattractive to you? Uh, she was still she would still be physically attractive. Right? Would you date her? No. Why? I I, I don't that, know. Why. See, that's truly baffling to me. I don't get that. Like, yeah. that, see, it's it's one thing if it's like cool, like I met you in the middle of the transition, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to like get on board, like going through all that, and like you're coming out present. Like, there's a lot of things that come mm-hmm. with dating, like somebody who's trans or come with dating somebody of the same gender or come with, you know, if you're a super religious family, dating outside of your religion. There's a lot of obstacles to mm-hmm. dating in general. Mm-hmm. And if there's a specific set of obstacles you don't want to take on, 
I, by all means, that's your preference, in my yeah. opinion. But if the reason you wouldn't date somebody is because, like, oh, like, 20 years before I knew you, like, you changed genders. And, like, I've known you your whole life as a woman. I've mm-hmm. only known you as a woman. Most of our friends only know you as a woman. Yeah. You've achieved everything I've known you to achieve as a mm-hmm. woman. You're a woman. Like, yeah, what's the and difference? I'm, and I'm net, I'm net, the whole day, I'm going to treat you as a woman. Until you same, find out she used to, that's my point. But, so, would you so, be so, mad at, so, I like, let's say I like organic bananas. Like, is, I'm not, nothing against regular bananas. I like my bananas organic. So, okay, so let, like, let's use your insane <laughs> banana analogy. Follow me here, though. Yeah. If I hand you a banana and you say, damn, this is the best banana I've ever had, I'm like, word, I got these organic. I brought them back from fucking Jamaica when I came back, whatever. Like, word, you got some more of these? I'll give you like six of these. You know, these, like, you're telling everybody, like, bro, you got to try these bananas. We're making smoothies. This is the best fucking banana mm-hmm. you ever had. Mm-hmm. And then you found out it's not an organic banana. Mm-hmm. Would you not keep eating those bananas? If that previous organic. It- or that previous banana had a dick before? Probably, probably not. Why? I, I don't know. I, and, and this is something... I know you don't know, but we're going to figure this shit out loud. Well, yeah, like, this is the question I always want to ask people. Like, I don't understand that. Like, if, if you literally... Like, you... There is nothing different in you... See, like, there is... Whatever there's, I think there's a lot of merit to like. When do you have that conversation and all that, mm-hmm. right? And like, that's that, that's a yeah. whole different thing we can unpack another episode. Yeah, but. In, in the idea that, like, I okay, I find you attractive, I want to date you, I want to hook up with you, mm-hmm. whatever. We hook up, even, mm-hmm. right? And we go through that, and the sex is great, or whatever, like, mm-hmm. everything's going well. Yeah. What does your past got to do with it? Like, a, yeah, okay, but you're looking at a, a ton of different things. Like, I, I, I don't know the difference. It, it's every... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the difference of like. I came into this trying. I was on the whole other side of this argument. I knew yeah. I was gonna get turned around. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know the differences as far as like uh, the experiences and yeah. so forth. Um, and I think that is another thing that like uh, if you're used to dating uh, women who were uh, born a woman, that you know these are these are things that you you don't you're not sure of, and so. And and because I'm not sure of do you oh well why don't you like no so, I, I, I I'm good I'm keep, re- keeping it with the genuine example I should point out like this is not a woman who like is like figuring out her way around the world as a woman so, this is my point like if you meet somebody who's like established in their new gender mm-hmm. right like you know and I should say you know same vice versa for women who are yeah. transitioning into men we're just both dudes who tend to date women mm-hmm. on this show so that's what we're focusing I apologize mm-hmm. but like. If you meet a woman who, you know, transitioned 10 years ago, it was pretty, you know, comfortable in her body eight years ago, mm-hmm. has been maneuvering the world, you know, identifiably as a female, mm-hmm. then, like, you, you've you avoided all of that risk already, mm-hmm. I guess is my point, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's just like dating anyone with other, like, any sort of past that you'd have to be, like, mm-hmm. edgy about who you let know what, you know what yeah. I mean? Would you date somebody who was a convicted felon? Uh... That sounds terrible. Like I'm comparing being trans. Yeah, to exactly. I don't. But, but, but past what, is past. But like, okay, that's what I'm saying. It's like right. if, if there was something like what you know, if somebody used to be in the CIA and has like a job they couldn't talk about for ten years, all this shit. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't know who. And that's one of the weird things about adulthood. I always point out to people mm-hmm. uh, who are younger than me. It's like mm-hmm. the biggest change you notice when you've grown up 
is when you stop, like, everyone you know up until a certain point in your life, mm-hmm. you know who they've been their whole lives. Yeah. When you're an adult, I only know the person yeah. I've met recently. Yeah, exactly. My girlfriend doesn't know what I look like without dreadlocks. Yeah. I've only had dreadlocks for two out of 27 years on this planet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if she, if she only liked niggas with dreadlocks, me and my girlfriend would have never dated at 25. Absolutely. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's a pre- you know what I mean? And that's what I mean. Like, I don't, that's crazy. Okay, and also, we have to look at something. We have to examine something, uh, too, that no one has a clean slate when it comes to prep. Everyone in society, the culture that we live by, is a little bit racist, is a... A little bit xenophobic, is a little bit, bit xenophobic. sexist, is a little bit ableist. But 100%. 100%. We're a yeah, lot of things. Yeah, we are all... No and if you're none of those things, you're the opposite. You're a liar. Like, yeah. you're, you're, if you're not one of those, you're a liar. Dude, everyone comes into... Everyone comes into, into this with... with some kind of preference, some kind of uh, slant one way or the other. And, and, and if it's you don't understand it or you haven't dissected it enough to realize it, I'm sure there's a, if you do, the root of it is something that's been programmed in your mind by culture, family, parents, society, or something like that. Um, even if you're a minority, I think people, minorities sometimes get off the hook on some of the things that, you know, racism they have for other cultures and so forth but you know we have you know, to you mean like how Asian women 95% of the time won't date black men and then black men 95% of the time just like fetishize Asian women so it's like the grossest revolving door of minority and minority sexualized racism yeah all the time. exactly so um, <laughs> but to your point Maybe it is a little bit of, I, I and, and this is not something that I've even unpacked. I'm doing it on the air live, so maybe it's it is a little for maybe yeah. Maybe there is a little bit a degree of that. The same way that maybe a, a, a white woman who can look at me in, in in the workplace or wherever or social as an equal, but be like you know what? Like yeah, black black man never did it for me, yeah. and maybe it's some previous programming that you know has been established in her uh past that she doesn't look at black men as sexually attractive but um i have just maybe i have the same thing i i mean i i, 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 I don't know but it wouldn't my, it wouldn't it wouldn't it, I, it wouldn't do it for me i don't think my, i guess the the way i always look at this is i don't if, if you're announcing that's not what you're into, nobody should be trying to force you to be into mm-hmm. that, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, my only flip side to that coin, and, you know, that is to defend genuine, I guess mm-hmm. I should say, is, like, that if I'm telling you I don't like, like, sexually I'm not into this, mm-hmm. and you keep trying to push that on me, mm-hmm. and then you are saying, no, no, you want this because it's me, and then try to kiss me, mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable. I don't like that. Yeah. That's unsettling. Yeah, I agree. Now, the as far as why you don't like me, you're right. Like, there's a lot to unpack regardless what the reason is. Yeah. If it's, you're trans, you're short, you're tall, you're fat, you're skinny, mm-hmm. you're too old, you're too young, you're, mm-hmm. you know, not young, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. What you, There's a million reasons people don't like people. Yeah. Sexually. Mm-hmm. I think you're entitled to all of those, but you're not entitled to express them, especially to the people that you're biased against yeah. without defending them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a defense for them, then you should probably look harder at them. Yeah. And I think that tends to be the case in a lot of these situations. When people say, like, I wouldn't date a trans person, it's like, you ask them why, and <laughs> to your very yeah, example, it's like, most yeah, people don't have an answer. And most people, most people have don't now, know. Uh, even unpacked it to the certain extent. Uh, and and, and, and there's, a, there's a limited understanding of who we are as people, 
just the science behind it, yeah. the science behind gender, the science behind our whole makeup. We don't. There's a lot we don't know. I, I'm sure as science evolves, it it will be less of uh, a big deal whether you know you, you were born a woman or a man. I, I think that science progresses. It may be something that you know you can be fix. Yeah, yeah, you can be. Yeah, no, this. At, you know, before they're out of the womb. You can, you can choose. You can set. choose. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I, I would not be surprised if that's coming. Uh, but it's frightening. And I think things will. And, and, and may and some people, and you as an R, an over sexualized R and B, black, <laughs> on a reality, dude, on a reality show. show. Yeah, he's gonna be from the nineties. Yeah, like people I mean, forget like genuine popping from Pony, which was what ninety nine to oh one. Yeah, exactly. The most probably the top sex song, but ever. in a highly, uh, shall we say, hyper masculine yeah. straight dude music. Yeah, like Pony is a very cis record, yeah. as you could say. Um, uh, but I don't know. yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, and and like. Yeah, I think it should be. I know we're not supposed to say it now. Everyone should have. Like, I feel like more people should like, I don't know. Some things I just don't know. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to completely be on this way completely. I still, you know, there's items of human beings that you still need to uh, unpack within yourself. And, I mean, that's why we do this podcast. Uh, And to unpack things and, and bring them to the surface and be like, oh, well, like, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Like, yeah, maybe that is some of the reasons why. But let me, give me time. as I'm, Everyone's in movement. Everyone's growing. Like, I need chance to unpack things. And I don't want well, I, I, don't I really remember want. a couple of weeks ago we were talking, we, I forget the name of the episode or whatever, number. Uh, but we were talking about, like, everything starts with understanding, like, we don't know shit, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's always been my approach to the, the relationship thing, uh, sorry about that. Whatever that's. That's not gonna be it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh, that's always been my approach to relationship thing, where it's just like, if you ask me, am I into whatever? My mm-hmm. answer is always either yes or no. If I've tried it before, mm-hmm. or I don't know yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm into or not until we try doing that thing. Mm-hmm. There's only really a few hard lines for me when it comes to sex. Like, you, I'm not into. We ain't doing scat play. We ain't doing blood play. Everything else is on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're not like physically harming me, like I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like I don't. So many people like have these rigid like I don't date these people. I don't do these positions. I don't do these acts. Blah blah yeah. blah. And you ask them why, and people don't have a reason. Yeah. And so I guess like I just don't believe in saying that I don't do something or I don't like something where I genuinely don't know. I, you're yeah, you're making I, an, uh, like an uninformed statement about yourself to the world. That just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. But you see, this, there's a lot. It, I, I, I admire. It's something I admire about you. Something that I admire uh, about a lot of people uh, is that like their ability to like be free of everything and just explore. A lot of people don't. Uh, even myself, I have like things that you know. I would like to be more free, but you free about, be more open about, and in it. But there is like um, structures in your life that you built, like you live your whole life a certain way, and it's like, oh well, like no, this is like it's it's hard for people to maneuver out of those zones, and it's due to like your patterns, uh, conditioning, and so forth. And you begin as you grow older to break some of those and break some of those, but it is a process. Be even more entrenched than others. Exactly, and, and so and as I became um, 
old as I mature and bec- I've become more free, you know, I've become more open. Like, I mean, I, I do stand up comedy, which is like a, a thing that people are afraid of, which was like, I would never thought I would have done in a million years, but you just do it. You open yourself up to more shit and you just, and you dive into it. And, and from those, it's a compound effect of those acts that allow other chains to be broken. But, um, I just don't think a lot of people, and even um, myself in certain areas, are open to allowing breaking off those chains and being so, open to something. You heard it here first, ladies. Hashtag Chris fucks a transsexual twenty eighteen. No, that's we, that's we that's 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 my man's I, don't, I don't need that. I, need I don't need that. In the the street. best looking trans women who are willing to take a fall for the team because it's probably that's, gonna be an awkward first go around. No, it's not gonna but I, I, it's, open up my nigga to Chris to some new experiences. That's one of those that's one of those chains that's staying up <laughs> with a foreseeable future. <laughs> twenty eighteen, baby, a lot of no. things gonna change. We're gonna see. We're gonna we're going to some music festival, some shit, some shit we're gonna find a way. That was just that. Uh, I'm gonna give that the the X. <laughs> me and Genuine, we say no over here. Me. <laughs> so to to your point, and I guess to stay on top of here with the conversation in Chappelle's special, mm. one of the one of the best lines of the special I thought mm. uh, was his when he's talking about transsexual people. Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, I understand." Blah blah blah. And he says, "But you gotta admit, the whole paradox of the thing is kind of funny." Yeah, you're. Trapped in another person's body, and I wish he had, like expanded on that uh-huh. bit because my my thought was like that sounded a bit cruel when he mm-hmm. just like said that and mm-hmm. laughed at it. Mm-hmm. But you if you build that out a bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like comedically. Yeah, it's like that's the equivalent of you being you but trapped in like Finding Nemo's body, right? Yeah. You're like a clownfish. Yeah, and like I don't even know how I'm breathing right now, but like yo, the world is fucking weird. Like get me out of yeah. here. Yeah, it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Now, that's also very painful and sad or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of fucking funny. And as a comedian, like, your nature is to laugh at your pain, right? That's mm-hmm. what comedians Absolutely. do. And Absolutely. I think that was his approach to it was like, yo, like, my bad, but if I was a trans person, like, this is absolutely how I'd be inspecting it. 100%. Like, how yeah. did I get here? Why am I trapped here? How yeah. do I fix this? Yeah. And, like, a lot of people missed that. Yeah. And I thought that was the important part of the joke. And also, like, the, another thing that he said that I, I feel like was important in that was that, like, and here's the thing. When as a society have we start to give a fuck about what people feel on the inside. Like, right. as, like well, yeah, that was a beautiful... That was like, dude, like, 100%. Like, yeah, like, do you. Be free to do whatever you want. But, like, and this is my whole theory. is like, yeah, I don't give a shit what anyone does. See? And I, 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 I don't want anyone... Just, as long as you, you know, do whatever you want. I want you to live your life. I want you to be happy. And I want to be free to do whatever I want to be happy. Now, if someone's discriminating against you or someone's discriminating against me, we take each other's side. But, like, as far as that, I don't care if you're happy. I don't care if you're sad or, you know, if, if, you, like, if your life doesn't interchange with mine. It's like... I, I agree that's the current standard of things. I don't want, like... I get why Chappelle feels that way. I get why anyone over the age of probably about 30 feels that way. Yeah. I, I'm starting to feel that way. Yeah. I'm coming up on 28. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get it. But that's that's just not the future I'm hoping for yet. Yeah. I'm hoping for a world where we give a shit about like how, how each other is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's one of the things that I, I struggle with a ton in my normal life, actually, mm-hmm. is like 
the way I am, especially like being self aware about like some of my mental health shit, is like you want other people to be like aware, aware. but yeah. if you overshare, you you're like you're the crazy nigga, right? Like mm-hmm. some dude strolls into work, he's like, bro, like you don't understand, like yeah. I had a rough day, like my insomnia's been flaring up, I haven't slept in four days, I was thinking about mm-hmm. killing myself this morning, mm-hmm. and you're doing it like the cubicle next to you is like, John, yeah, you're really gonna stop telling me this, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like. So it's it's weird because like you want to share your experience, but at the mm. same time like oversharing can get really like toxic very quick. Oh, yeah, no. absolutely. It's a tricky no, I, thing. I, I I agree. It, it I is, think Chappelle navigated that very well. Yeah, it is a tricky balance, and also also I think the uh, like people caring has not. I think you know obviously uh, with some people who would have a general person who's that struggling with like some chemical imbalance or something like that I think uh, uh, unhappiness among our society and culture now is at an all time high uh, it, I think it is a, a society thing it's a, it's a culture thing it's the fact that people are fucking working uh, you know 40, 50, 60 hours a week, both parents are working, uh, everyone's trying to get ahead, everyone's trying to attain all these goals, the pressure, financial pressure and all. I think that has a lot to do with people being unhappy. And so we're going to direct our energy. Um, at micro issues. Yeah, we got we got to tackle some of those issues about people building a society where people aren't spending their life at work and trying to attain, you know, uh, the next flat screen the next iPod and spend more time just like in the community hanging out on the porch with people they care about and then you'll see people will start going the other way where people are less worried about how they look and their TVs and so forth and spending more investment and like oh because they're spending enough time with their neighbors yeah absolutely absolutely and you see in these cultures where where those are the key where because I have a co-worker in France from Africa and so forth they're like yeah completely like we don't work as much uh, we don't have as much but we are way more happier than I, I've heard that from pretty much <laughs> damn near every culture outside of America yeah. uh, but I would, I would also I want to point out we might predict the future very early on in this podcast, so mm-hmm. all y'all who haven't, go back and listen to the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it was episode if two. If you have, like, nine hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was, like, five-hour episodes. Not that this one is a little <laughs> long, but uh, we talked about kind of, like, the evolution of the world past, the nece- like, the need for currency, mm-hmm. and Bitcoin is forcing that hand quicker and quicker by the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. Uh, and not to tease y'all too much in one episode, but a little later on in the year, we're going to have somebody on uh, to discuss Bitcoin and kind of break some of that shit down, mm-hmm. but I think one of the fast parts of cryptocurrency in general is what happens to regular currency and what happens to the need for currency Mm -hmm. and do we establish some sort of universal income and when we get there that means or some sort of I guess essential income that covers things like housing and healthcare and things of that nature Mm -hmm. and then like what does that do to your point about like the necessity of full time work or overtime work as we're doing it now yeah Uh, and and with also the rise of uh, AI uh, artificial intelligence and uh, and so forth things are things are changing we don't blow each other up before the end and a lot of things are going to be changing so and hopefully we do move to that round where and hopefully we get some guests on to discuss that shit because I want to know what's happening before Hell the world yeah. ends. So if anyone listening is actually knows how the world's gonna end, by all means email us. I'm trying to know. And if you yeah. got a bunker, like I'll pay double rent. Like, <laughs> uh, anything else about Chappelle you wanted to touch on? Because uh, I know you you were, so last week you were super hype on this. Let me say this: I'm not sure it was like you put it up there mm-hmm. with like 
Yo, some classic sip. Uh, I think it's like a tier below that. Mm. I think it's like classic one A, like bigger and blacker by Chris Rock. Mm. I can like, I can, I can, like that level. Like, I, um, is that fair? Is that I, can, I can. I watched it again, and I'm gonna watch it again. Um, I'm sure you're gonna watch it a few times. It's, yeah, it's I very know, it's rewatchable. Very, I watched it as a comedian, and I. The skill level that is being displayed, yeah. it, it, it's like watching. It's like, it's like watching an artist paint something where you're like, "How the fuck is he doing this?" And, and then at no, the end, you yeah. step back and it's a different painting than you watched happen. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and I watched it again. And I was like, "Yeah, that was fucking. It was still good." So can I, I, can I point I, something out to you about that? It's on. It's in his body of work. I, I still think it's great. It, you're watching the artist paint, and yeah. you had you had said something similar last week, so I went in kind of with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, second or third joke, and mm-hmm. he makes the bit about uh, how good he is at stand up. Mm-hmm. And salute to my guy Sam Mike. I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Mike here in the yeah, New England yeah. scene. You know Sam. Yeah. Sam does a ton of this in his, mm-hmm. his stand up, where it's like, I'm so fucking good at this, man. Like, just going off yeah. on like, how ill he is. Yeah. And I can't stand it. Like, mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people like Sam do it very well, mm-hmm. and it's really fucking funny. Yeah. And so he starts going in, and I'm like, oh, this is funny. It's like, yo, I, I see this shit off the block. Like, fuck you, Dave. You yeah. know what I mean? He starts going. And he tells a joke and like you know five minutes later he gets to the punchline with the kicker and the pussy or whatever uh-huh. like haha that was funny uh-huh. but for as much shit as you were talking about how ill you are you gotta kind of call it a little harder than that I was thinking yeah. I was thinking yeah. and I won't give it away for people who haven't uh-huh. seen it yeah I but give, nigga yeah I don't wanna give his punch away on it but nigga that's I, not a punch that's not a haymaker that's my nigga drove a tank through your house yeah like yeah. Oh man, um, I I just love when people are that good. Yeah, I do too. It reminded me. Oh, some people, some people are just like that's all. It's like their one trick thing, and I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, like I've never seen Chappelle do that before. Yeah, me either. You know, what I mean? like he's had that in the bag. I'm sure for eight specials. I am. Of however many specials he's recorded. I'm sure. I do. Yeah, I don't he's, know. That he's, was he's, he's he's a G man. That he's was a, brilliant. It was. And the the only other thing I want to point out about because I know we're running super long, mm-hmm. uh, but somebody said this uh, when I was breaking it down with them, uh, just like kicking it in combo. They said, "I never and I I watch comedy kind of like a comedian because I mm-hmm. listen to so much comedy now and I hang out with some comedians and shit. And I just find them to be like interesting viewpoints, mm-hmm. and so I try to see the te- like the technicalities like that and like you know." I, I, I like continuity points like shit like that in content in general. Mm-hmm. The thing that blew my fucking mind about this special, mm-hmm. there was not a dry spot in it. No. It Everything's working. Yep. Yeah. Not just the jokes, but like the transitions, mm-hmm. the when he hits the vape pen, mm-hmm. the pacing, the, yeah. the feet on the on the speakers. Like yeah. everything is working. And that's and that is like where you gotta be like because it is like uh, the you don't understand how fickle an audience is until mm. like you gotta stand there and you're you, it's almost like you're controlling the ocean at that point because you know how like a crowd can be weird man let something go off and a panic and a or, or, or fuck up a little bit and the crowd is completely but he just controls it it's like a it's like a maestro, maestro. yeah, yeah man. it's it, like it, he's just got him on a string the and whole it hits time. The pan, and just, it's like there's an element. They're connected. They're plugged in on a different wavelength. They can tell. This, this would be an argument for like what we don't know about human beings or whatever this energy is that connects these people. 
with you on stage. There is an energy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can feel it. I can feel when that energy, I'm connected with these people and I can move them and so forth. And I can fumble and then I can still pick that up and I can keep their energy connected. And I can know when I can fumble and I, I lost them. And it takes some time. Like I, I, I got to get them back. How do I get them back? Oh, man. They can feel me getting nervous. They can feel all that. It's something about human beings where we are all connected in this weird, strange way where we're just like, and it is a certain energy that, you know, you connect to tech with any measurement, but it is there. And like Dave Chappelle's a perfect example about, you know, what I, we don't know about science. I think the, the part that really gets me is like, the only thing I can compare that feeling to is sport. Mm-hmm. Where like through the ebbs and flow of a game with a with a large crowd, you can feel it, you can sense yeah, it, you can hear it, yeah. especially in college sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and watching that special was like the first couple of times I watched Steph Curry really go off. Yeah, where it's like cool, he hits a three, you come down, you get the bucket right back. They come back, you get a layup, you get the bucket right back. Mm-hmm. And it's like you feel like you have it controlled. Yeah. And then he just comes out, he pulls up from forty five and mm-hmm. splash, and you just no, yeah. there's nothing you can do. Yeah, exactly. And watching Dave Chappelle was like. I'm watching, I'm waiting for the dry mm-hmm. moment. I'm waiting to pick it out with my yeah. comics eye trying to yeah. be like well-trained, yeah. right? And it, it it almost comes mm-hmm. and then just splash again. Yeah. Like, ha 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 did you really think I was fucking up, nigga? Yeah, Do you know exactly. who the fuck I am? Yeah. I am Dave motherfucking Chappelle. I lived through Viacom trying to ruin my fucking yeah. career, nigga. Do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, uh, it's and perfect. He's the guy. All right. I think we're at, we're at uh, an hour and a half. We should just... Can I give any other content recommendations for people? Because now that we try to do these weekly, you want to throw a couple out there? I got a few I really want to touch on briefly. Uh, if you got you, you go on yours, and I'll think about what I have. Three um, things y'all got to watch on Netflix. We got snowed in this past week up here in the Northeast, so we did a lot of Netflix binging. If you're looking for new stuff to watch, please check these out. One, Atypical. That's going to be my early... Oh, yeah, you're late on that. I dude. know I'm mad late on Atypical, yeah. but I just binge it over... Like, if you didn't watch Atypical, Michael Rappaport is a way better actor than people give him oh, credit yeah, for. 100%. Uh, hilarious fucking show. This should be our top popular. five. Sure, actually, top that's good. Five, yeah. uh, we can top do that. Top five shit you should watch. Uh, so I'm going to get that in there. That shit was amazing. The Black Mirror. Black Mirror, everybody needs to be watching. Yeah. I am not. I will be open about that. I watched oh. season three of Black Mirror. I'm taking a long break before I watch oh. season one, two, Black or four. Mirror. That yeah. shit scared the ever-living daylights it, out of it me. Should. It it's shit. It's fucking frightening. Yeah. And you, Serious warning. Do not watch this show after 10.30 p.m. It'll ruin your sleep cycle. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding you. Yeah. Uh, I watched that. We're just getting super blasted, getting my hair done, and like, nigga, like my day was. Dude, I love that show. Yeah, you watched season three too? Or did you just watch this year? No, I watched watched everything. Dude, the the pedal bike one. Yes, that was the first one I saw, nigga. That shit's burned into my head. Dude, you have it. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I mean. It's a lot for me. So it's not for everybody, but check that out for sure. Uh, three was the other one I had on here. It, it, oh, I finally watched American Vandal. Have you seen American yeah, Vandal? Yeah, yeah, so boy, good. is that fucking yeah, phenomenal! Yeah, it is like, so funny. Dicks, was, yeah, it's really good. It's just about dicks. Just yeah. go watch some dicks on TV. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Uh, it's funnier than it sounds. Pink dicks, if that makes it better. <laughs> what do you got? Um, what else? My do last I have? one's a real sleeper. So, I'm gonna save that in chamber here, number five. What did I? I watched a bunch of shit too. I watched Downsizing. Oh, how was it? Would you recommend that to people? Because I heard terrible things. Pete no. Holmes kind of killed it. Yeah, uh, I the it starts off good. It could have been really good. Uh, my battery's running out, so I'll be quick. Uh, no, I wouldn't recommend it. I right. watch it, but it, you're not gonna be that happy. 
Fair. So I'll give you a fifth that you should absolutely fucking watch. The Godfather, I would say. All three trilogies are on Netflix. Go watch that. That's on Netflix. That is on Netflix now. You should go watch it on Netflix. Lastly, but not leastly, a uh, British show called This is the End of the Fucking World. Just got it in before the video died. Thank God. Awesome. For y'all, y'all listening at home who aren't watching this on video, This is the End of the Fucking World is this like super dark British like comedy. It's a coming-of-age story uh, about a teenage kid who... Uh, grows up as a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, is looking for a victim to, like, plot and kill this teenage girl who goes to his school who's looking for a reason to, like, run away from mm-hmm. her equally shitty parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, like, run away together with his intentions to kill her, and then they end up falling for each other. I I'm not going to give you the rest of the story because you have to see it. But, I like, saw the trailer of it's it on Netflix. amazing. Yeah. I've never laughed so hard and then, like, been so, like, rattled at the end. Like, I... If I, if I wasn't at my girlfriend's house, I would have cried, like, profusely. Right. I just didn't want to look like a bitch. Like, that, yeah, that yeah. shit was, like, that, like, rattled me a bit. All right, I'm going to have to check it out. I was on the fence about it, but I'll check it out. Definitely do that. Uh, and if y'all have any recommendations, shit, yeah, I'll check out shit. My, if you, since we're talking, you just talked about some old stuff. So, uh, What's that? What, the, you say atypical, though. Atypical, like, 2016. You said it was ancient. You said and, the Godfather. And, yeah, but, okay, but Mindhunter... <laughs> On uh, Netflix, yes. go catch up on yeah, yeah. that. Is that, good. That'd be, that's dope. That's that's ill. We might do these five every week. That might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, you got anything else we want to touch on? We way over. No, usually, we, we usually try to keep this to an hour. We're back with our first real episode of 2018. Sorry, it sounds Gucci. Uh, so it sounds phenomenal. We are at ninety minutes. So hope you all love the extra content. Mm-hmm. Love the art, damn it. Uh, yeah, I guess that's everything I got. That's it, man. Uh, if you're looking to find us online together, you can search us at, at Late to Work on pretty much everything SoundCloud, iTunes, and as of today, we're on Stitcher Radio. So all you fuck people oh, for Stitcher been bitching about uh, that. Yeah. We're on Stitcher now. We're gonna be on a couple other things in the future. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that. We find it on Stitcher though. You can also find us on Facebook or uh, Twitter. It's Late to Work on Facebook at underscore Late to Work on Twitter and Late to Work Podcast at gmail.com One more time, Late to Work Podcast at gmail.com If you want to get at us with any your questions, recommendations, people you think we should interview, shit that you think we should cover, cities we should come to, maybe a live show, possibly one day in the near future. Let us know. Let us know, man. And uh, only Chris Allen. I'm at the Comedy Connection uh, tomorrow or Friday. So, to, which is tomorrow when we post this. Yes. So, it's the hardcore show. Big deal for me. Uh, I'm going to kill that shit. Friday the 12th, January 12th, Comedy Connection in Providence. No, this, it's going to be Friday the, you said Saturday. Right, no, so Friday the 12th. Oh, yeah, Friday the 12th, man. Yeah, come holla at me. I'm, I'm trying to help your dates, man. Right, my bad. You know how I have with dates. I have some more shit for you next time. I got a bunch of dates. I'm I'm filling up quickly in, in uh, January and February. I'm going to be filming a lot of this shit, so I'll give you guys some links for my stand-up once I put them up there so y'all can see I'm a funny motherfucker. And come out to all of his shitty or smaller shows, and I'm going to do five minutes opening for him and bomb, and you can laugh at me. Dude, absolutely. Uh. <laughs> You're not going to bomb, but, like, yeah. We, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for listening. As always, stay late and don't be a dickhead. Peace. Peace. I'm just a